Well, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here on Father's Day. I want to give a big shout out to my dad, my father, Robbie Rose. I hope that he's watching. Uh, but anyway, he's an incredible, incredible man and person that I have uh, really learned from. And I just want to say happy Father's Day to you, dad. And then there are so many fathers at the Exchange Church that, man, they are just legends, to be honest. And even, even men, uh, who don't have their own kids, but have been role models to other people. I'm just so grateful for you. I, I want to do a quick giveaway. So we're just going to do some housekeeping stuff before I get into my sermon, if that's okay today. But I want to do a quick giveaway for all the fathers or the father figures that you know. Now, I was talking with the team and, and trying to figure out how to give things away since no one's really here except for our team. Our church family is on the other side of the screen. And I told them, I said, one thing I know, fathers will not enter themselves for a drawing. It's just, we're men, it's not gonna happen. Like, it's not gonna happen. So we need the wives and the kids to listen up. You are going to enter the father of your life or the father figure of your life. Maybe it's not just your dad, maybe it's a father figure. And I want you to, on social media, include a picture of them and why they are so special to you, how they've impacted your life. And here's the kicker, make sure you do hashtag awaken greater so that we can pull all of those from social media, any platform, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, any of those, hashtag awaken greater. And then to the lucky fathers, we're going to give away gift cards to Great Texas Barbecue. Can I get a good woohoo from all the men on the other side of the screen today? It's going to be great. Or the ladies in the room who are thinking about barbecue and their men. It's going to be great. So please make sure you do that. Let's really honor the men in our life today. Second housekeeping thing, church, I want you to check your email. I, I, I'm sorry to use this moment to communicate this, but there's no better time than to let you know we have switched to a new email system and the emails that you're getting about quarantine and when church starts, which is next week on campus in person, by the way, um, we've sent out some emails and there will be more coming out this week. Some of you have said, we're not getting emails. I want you to check the promotions folder. So your email comes in, um, different folders, check your spam and then check your promotions. If you did not get the email, please this week, let us know. Email info at theexchangechurch.org. Next week, we do start church back on campus, one service at 10.30 a.m. We also will continue live stream. So for those of you who aren't feeling well, please stay home. And for those of you who are higher risk and aren't comfortable being in the building just yet, we totally understand. Take your time, be a part of our family from online. You're welcome to do that. But we will start here, 10.30 next week. So please come early. We're talking about the Enneagram Today, we're talking about Enneagram number five. Now, the Enneagram five is a thinker. So before I begin, I want to pray over our mind that we have the thoughts of Christ throughout this sermon and that we can absorb everything that he's trying to communicate to us. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, I thank you so much for all that you're doing. I thank you, God, for the people that are watching at home. God, just the, the stirring of the Spirit, even through this series, I have just noticed, 
God, that you have sparked some excitement in our people, passion in our people. We, we are so hungry and thirsty for you. So God, today I ask that you would just flood our, our minds, our hearts, our thoughts, our spirits. We, we give it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray, let the church say, amen. Amen. Enneagram 5 is known as the observer, the observer. They get up in their mind. They, they are a processor. They are a thinker. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Trey, I don't know what these numbers mean. It sounds like witchcraft to me. Well, it's not witchcraft. It's just an old, it's a very old personality typing system. Nine different types of personality, and we are providing a link for you to take the test. It's free of charge, and to get that test, all you have to do is text SELF, S-E-L-F, to 512-980-1220. Don't do that now because we're in God's Word, but after the service today, after the broadcast, go ahead and text SELF to 512 512- 980-1220. Take the test. And if you need help with the results, let us know. Send us an email, info at theexchangechurch.org. We would love to help you. Today, I'm talking about a very famous scripture, potentially the most famous scripture uh, that we know. You've probably heard it, whether you're in church or not, you've heard it at different events. You've heard it said before, you've seen it on, no doubt, Facebook memes, and it's the famous scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting or eternal life. Now, that verse takes place in a conversation at night with a brilliant man and Jesus. We often know John 3.16, and we can quote it and say it, but I, I want to put it in context with this. So it's, it's under the cover of night. There's a very, very, very smart man sitting across the table from Jesus. And this smart man's name, who I believe was an Enneagram 5, Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Now, the last three weeks, we've talked about the heart triad, feelings, moving from the heart, right? So... Twos, they feel by serving. Threes, feel by achieving. Fours, feel by asking themselves things like, am I really making a difference? Am I, am I really creative? Am I really expressing the heart of God? It's all from the heart. It's, it's very feelings driven. And right now we're moving to the five. Now take note because this is the biggest shift in the Enneagram that exists. From four to five, there's no greater shift in the Enneagram cycle because we're moving from the heart to the head. You see, fours feel very deeply more than any other number on the Enneagram. And then we go to five who does not live their life at all based on feelings but rather on their head. We're entering the section where fives, sixes, and sevens process everything in their head. It's not how I feel anymore. Now it's how do I think. And Jesus, in the text we're about to read, go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 3. We're going to read it in just a second. 
starting with verse 1. But here Jesus is going to try to get Nicodemus to move from his head to his heart. That, that's where we get the term born again. Right? It, it's not just that you can think your way into heaven. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. We've got to get it from our head to our heart. Now, fives, God has given you a beautiful mind. I'm a wing five, by the way. My, my core is a four, but my wing is a five, which makes for a very interesting personality. Some would uh, not, uh, what's the word? by Enneagramism, I suppose. So I'm very heart-driven, and I can very quickly jump into my brain very quickly. You have a beautiful mind, Fives, and I just want to tell you, and those that love you, you do have emotions. You do. I promise. The Fives in your life do have emotions. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't sound like it, but they they do. In fact, you fours that are listening, you'll love this. Science actually confirms the fact that no human being ever makes a decision without emotion. Every single person makes a de decision based on some level or degree of emotion. For fives, we may not see it, but it is engaged. And let's see what that looks like as we jump into our text, John chapter 3 verse 1 through 16. Let's just walk through this together. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Let's stop right there because the story, our text, John chapter 3, opens up with this sort of who's who description. You know, when you go back through your old yearbook and you see who, who the jocks were, the cheerleaders were, the tennis players were, and then you've got these people who look really just, they think, well, they may not think they're all that, but we think they think they're all that because they're the A honor roll, they're the dean's list, they're the high achievers, like they're getting paid to go to college rather than paying to go to college. Th this is what's happening. Nicodemus is being laid out there for us to know this is a brilliant Man, he's a re Jewish religious leader, a Pharisee. He has a mind like no other. He's a leading Pharisee, and he's a member of the Sanhedrin. Now, let me put that in today's context for us. If Nicodemus is a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin, which was the ruling governing authorities of the Jews, that would be similar to someone in our culture uh, being on the Senate and simultaneously sitting on the United States Supreme Court. That would be a very powerful person. It would be, I don't even know if that's allowed politically, so please no need to send me emails. It's just, a, I'm just giving you an example to the extent of the power that Nicodemus has. He has a lot of power. He's brilliant. It's, he has potentially the greatest mind of all the Jews, yet he was missing something very critical about who Jesus was. Observer, listen to me. Enneagram 5s, hear me. You cannot think your way into heaven. I'm going to say that again. You cannot think your way into heaven. Many of us will miss heaven by 12 inches. That's the distance from your brain to your heart. Now, I know you're, you're a 5 and you're like, well, technically, it's not 12 inches. 
it's 10.524 inches. I, I don't know the exact number of the distance of your brain to your heart. I'm simply saying and supposing to us today that the gospel has to move from here to here. It has to move from something we just think about to something that moves our heart. Verse two, after dark one evening, circle that word dark in your Bible or underline it or highlight it. Dark is really important in the book of John. Whenever you see the words light and dark, sometimes, I mean, usually it's talking about the sun being out or it not being out. But more than that, there are, there are hidden meanings in the spiritual nature that's at work during that time. So when it says he comes in the dark, Nicodemus is in turmoil. He has tension. There's confusion. He can't see. And so anywhere in the book of John, when you see light and darkness, I want you to look beyond the time of day and see what's really being said in the scripture. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So here the observer makes observations. He's looking at the world as he understands it. And here's what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This is why there are so many intellectuals that find it difficult to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Did you know that you can be a professor in a seminary teaching New Testament theology and bust the gates of hell wide open? A lot of intellectuals can know a lot about the Bible and know nothing about God. Listen to me, Fives. It's important that we understand this, that we get the difference. I value your knowledge. I value, I value the part of us that wants to ascertain, that wants to, to get all the facts and the figures. But we are in desperate need of a move of God in the heart of our lives, not just in the brain and the thought processes of our life. Now, let me tell you something. I, I as a five, I love science. I got a computer science degree from Texas A&M University. That means it's more valuable than any other university that exists, especially in Texas. And I, I love science. I'm an analytical thinker. I'm a wing five. The, the conversation is never science or Bible. It's both and. It's science and Bible. You see, science clearly marks the path for theology, for theism, the belief that God truly does exist. There are many atheists who have set out to disprove God, and in their research and their findings, they have come to the understanding that it takes more faith to not believe in God than it does to believe in his existence. Church, I'm here to tell you, fives, listen up. God is alive and well. He still sits on the throne, and he's still looking for people to say yes to him. But it's got to move from our head to our heart. Unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom. After dark, he comes to Jesus. Jesus says, you got to be born again. You can't think your way into heaven. You can't earn your way into heaven. You can't buy your way into heaven. Jesus is just spitting out truth. And then Nicodemus says something. So five, verse four, what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. You ever been sitting with someone and you say something and, and they say, wait, 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 what? Wait, what? 
What, what do you mean? What does that mean? Explain that. Explain that to me. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Nicodemus is asking. I don't know. I feel like that's a valid question. <laughs> Jesus is saying you got to be born again. And Nicodemus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. How is that possible? And I feel like that's a valid question. He's a thinker. And Jesus replies, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Unless the spirit of God is involved in your conversion, you have not been born again. It doesn't matter if you got saved walking down the aisle at a Billy Graham crusade. It doesn't matter if you got baptized in the Jordan River where Jesus did. If the Spirit of God is not involved in that, that incident, you did nothing but take a walk and get wet. You can't go through a series of steps and procedures and policies and manuals to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Verse 6, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The Spirit gives birth to spirit. And I think the world is actually catching on to this. You know, the the devil can't create anything. He's just got to copy God. I remember always driving down and you see these little flashy little shops sitting down and it looks mystical and there's a, a big palm out there, right? And it says, palm reader, get to know your future. Well, now they're moving away from the the whole mysticism of palm reader, and they're being called spirit guides. Church, we got to be careful who we allow to be our spiritual guides. Our spiritual guides can lead us directly to the gate of hell. Just because someone convinces you that they are in touch with the spirit world or they understand things of the spirit does not mean that it's the holy spirit oh there are spirits out there let me let me make that very very clear there are spirits but there are the holy spirit spirits sent from heaven and then there are spirits sent to deceive you that look like angels of light. It looks like a good platform to run on. It looks like a good personal agenda. It looks like a good goal, but it is demonic activity uh, covered in light so that you believe you're following the spirit. Church, I'm telling us today, more than ever, deception is rampant. We need to test the spirits, discern the spirits, and make sure that we are following the Holy Spirit Not the secular spirit, not the convenient spirit, not the feel-good spirit. Unless you are born again by the Spirit of God, you will not see heaven. Verse 7. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. This is Jesus talking. Jesus is so cool. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus says here that you'll never fully understand. Hear me, fives. I'm talking slow so it'll settle in. We will never fully be able to articulate and grasp and understand 
this transition that happens between the Spirit and us, especially at conversion, but even through the life of a Christian. Churches and theologians argue on what's the, what's the responsibility of the believer versus what's the responsibility of the Spirit. And what Jesus is saying is we can fight all day to try to understand the truth, but if the truth hasn't made it from here to here, we're not walking in the truth. Verse 9, how are these things possible, Nicodemus? He's pressing. He's curious. He wants to know. I don't believe that Nicodemus is trying to stir the pot. I don't believe that Nicodemus is trying to create problems. People have questions. Just because people have questions, it doesn't mean they're trying to trap you. Sometimes they really want to know. He says, how is this even possible? And Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, yet you don't understand these things. College students, hear me. There are some things your professors don't know. I, I get they're the expert in that field. I get that they've been teaching. I get that their diplomas are on the wall. I've got one hanging too. It's great. It's awesome. But there are some things that your professors don't know. And unless you're reading the Word of God and digging in deep for yourself, you don't know if you're being told the truth or a lie. Because a lot of times when we hear people talking, especially people that we look up to, people that are in positions of power and we put, we put them on a pedestal and we know that we shouldn't, but we do, and they speak and we take it for gospel and it couldn't be further from the gospel. Or, or they take bits and pieces of what Jesus would say and help convince us that this is the reality of what we should be doing, but they don't take it in the context of the entire scripture. Church, we can't be lazy with God's word. If you do nothing now, if you never fast in your lifetime, I hope you do, but if you never fast in your lifetime, if, if your prayer time is really minimal and it's, it's not that powerful, prayer is powerful, and I hope that you pray, but the one thing that I really hope you do, I hope that you read the Word of God, because in the words of, of the Bible, the Spirit of God comes to life inside of you. I assure you, verse 11, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Why is Jesus our most reliable God guide? Because he's taking you where he's already been. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, verse 15, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That, my friends, is the gospel. And how you get from here to there is a heart issue. It's not a mind issue. It's a heart issue. You can't think your way into heaven. So let's talk about the observer in the final minutes that we have. The observer reflects God's wisdom. Fives, you are probably smarter than every other number. We know you are. 
We just don't care. We're going to let you be smarter because that's what you bring to the table. You, you bring this, this wisdom, this heavy, weighty wisdom to the table. We, we value that. What's the motivation of fives? Your motivation, there's a couple I want to talk about. One is to gain knowledge. Why is Nicodemus talking to Jesus? He doesn't understand. He wants to understand. How, how do you do these things? What, 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 what causes you to take fish and bread and feed all of these people? What, what causes you to tell someone to throw their net on the other side and catch all of these fish and it, it happens, even the winds and the waves obey you? You see, observers ask big questions. That's what I like about fives. They ask big questions. They go deep. Another motivation of a five, the observer, is to uncover truth. To uncover truth. Don't ever take a five to a magic show. It's not fun. They sit there, oh, I know how he did it. I don't want to know. Yeah, I, I know exactly what he did. I didn't see it. I just know. I know what he did. And uh, they, they, will, they will try to convince you uh, how everything is done, and then it's absolutely no fun for you. They want to uncover truth. What do they avoid? They avoid incompetence. Don't ever embarrass a five. If you're in relationship with a five, the one thing that is going to cause them to back away from you is if you try to embarrass them, they will retreat further and further back. And fives always know everything, right? That's why we're always trying to pick out the thing that they got wrong. We want to prove they're human. They don't have this superpower strength of knowledge. And so we're watching. And when they say something wrong, we're like, aha, got you. Right? Don't, don't do that to a five because they're trying desperately to avoid incompetence. Let me describe when they're healthy, what they look like. When they are healthy, they remain calm and focused in decisions and in crisis. Fives make great pilots. They make great pilots. When both engines fall, I can just hear it now, a tower. We're, we're going to be descending at approximately 30,000 square feet, or feet per second. Uh, please have the fire and emergency personnel on standby on the runway. We will be landing shortly. And I'm a four. I, I would not be responding that way. I, I would be saying, tower, we're coming in hot. Help. Tell my wife and my kids I love them. And then at my funeral, release 43 doves. You know, I would, I would do as a four or something like that. Uh, threes, as they're going down, they'd be straightening their tie. Uh, twos would be asking their neighbor if they want another bottle of water before they die. <laughs> anyway. Fives also make great ER doctors. ER, you know, a tragedy. Somebody comes in, they're like, uh, yes, sir, it looks, it looks like you've lost a left leg. Oh, right arm, yep, and half your left ear. Yep, we'll take care of that in, in just a moment. That's a five. They're very calm, cool, collected, not, not force. Force? We're like, how, are you okay? Are you okay? Does it hurt? Like, that would be a four. As a four, I would get so emotionally wrapped up in the trauma that I would either pass out or, or start to vomit. A three would look at it and say, I'm not operating on this. The guy's half dead. I don't want that on my record. <laughs> the twos would say, can I get you some water? And the ones would say, you're an idiot. 
You know sh you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Fives are very thoughtful and, and they have perspective into situations. They can listen well. But when fives are unhealthy, now listen up. If you are an eight, you go to a five in unhealth. If you are a seven, you go to a five in growth. When unhealthy, they shift from observant, paying attention, watching, taking notes, to very detached. If you're raising a five, if you have a kid that is a five, you really have to watch video games, phones, and even books because your child will disappear. Because books, video games, and technology, well, that makes sense. People don't. People are erratic. Books are not. Technology is not. It does the same thing. When you push the button, I can expect the result. People are not that way. And they can retreat deeper and deeper into their head. And you have to call them out and say, look, this is how you show up for the world and for others, by being present and being engaged. You have to push through the desire to isolate. You can recharge with isolation, but you can't live there. The core sin of a five is stinginess. The five withholds several things. They withhold time. Maybe you're a five and you're raising kids. And you don't have time for your kids because you're making money for them, trying to give them a life. Maybe you're withholding emotions. Maybe you're withholding knowledge. Now you would think someone so smart would love to give knowledge, but the reality is that knowledge is precious to them. So they don't just want to give it unless they know that it's going to be valued. Maybe you want to withhold money. Fives love to withhold money. They're great savers. They, they build a legacy for their children. They're great as a five. But how to grow as a five is to push yourself in generosity. You have to learn to be generous because a healthy five is always in pursuit of generosity. Now listen, we don't know much about Nicodemus. The first time we see him is in John chapter three when in, under the cover of night, he comes and asks questions about Jesus. The second time we see him is in John seven when they're trying to kill Jesus and Nicodemus observes that Jesus is not getting a fair trial and he tries to stand up for Jesus. And we don't know if he became a believer, but we do know this. When Jesus was crucified and taken down from the cross and put into a tomb, two people were responsible. The first person, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, he paid for the tomb. The second person that paid all the funeral expenses, Nicodemus. In John 19, 39 through 40 says, with him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. Now to find out how much that is worth, if you could just consider essential oils for a moment, the good kind, not the ones at Walmart. How I know the difference is because I have kids, right? But the good ones are expensive. If we were to translate what Nicodemus brought into today's currency, there's some debate on this, but it's anywhere. It's a wide range. It's anywhere from $50,000 in American dollars to half a million. That's what Nicodemus spent on the burial of Jesus. 
It says 75 pounds, 75 pounds of oils that he brought. And why? Because fives know how to bury a king. They know how to treat a king. So fives, let's get real today. Let's get in touch with how you feel. You know what you think. It's time to know what you feel. I want you to memorize Proverbs 18.1. If you just write that down, it's not going to be on the screen. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Fives, I want to encourage you to engage in community, to connect with one another, not just on a head level, but on a heart level. If you're listening today, And maybe as I've talked, you've said, you know, that kind of sounds like me. I've tried to put God in my academic box. I've tried to put God in the move of the Spirit and salvation and in terms and things that I can understand and I can can see in Scripture and it can make sense scientifically to me and emotionally to me. It it just makes sense. I'd want to encourage you. Let's let the gospel go further from our head into our heart. So right now where you're sitting, it's time to say yes. You've been running. You've been trying to make things happen on your own and and you're good at it, especially if you're a five. If you're a five, you've got money in the bank account. Probably right now you've got a five-year, 10-year, 50-year plan. You're, you're, you're great. But listen, it's not just the down and out that needs Jesus. It's the up and out that needs Jesus. Just because your life looks like it's under control, if you don't have God in your heart, if you don't have Jesus at the center of all that you are, your life is in so much chaos. And the sad thing is you don't even see it. But right now, as I'm talking to you, you feel this sense, this pressure that a change needs to happen. If you bow your head and close your eyes this morning, I want to introduce you to my Savior, my Lord, the one that calls me worthy to be his son. And his name is Jesus. And he has been passionately pursuing you. And it's no coincidence that you're watching today. And if you're ready to say yes, it's a simple prayer. There's no formula. But I want you to say it not from an echo stance of your brain, but I want you to feel this with your heart. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I believe that Jesus rose again on the third day. And I believe that through his sacrifice, I can be in right standing. So I say yes to you, Lord. God, make me a son, make me a daughter today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just said yes to Jesus today, I want you to know uh, that we have some resources for you and we want to connect. So please take a moment, scroll up on the 
the screen, whatever platform you're watching. If you're watching on Facebook Live, go ahead and type in the comments, I said yes. If you're watching on our website, scroll down and click the button that says, I said yes. We would love to connect with you and show you what your next steps are. I wanna ask Carrie to platform with us. Tell us, Carrie, what is going on today? First of all, happy Father's Day uh, thank you. to you. Thank you. Um, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Um, if you're an Enneagram 5. Yes, or a wing 5, like me. I'm not a 5, but I'm a wing 5. I'm a 4. And if you're a 5 or a wing 5, then we have a Zoom gathering tonight at 7 p.m. Or maybe you are a 7 or an 8 like I am. 7s and 8s go to a 5 in growth and in stress. And so tonight, Trey and I are going to be on Zoom with you and chat with all of our fellow fives. Yeah, so go ahead fine. and screenshot the meeting ID as it pops up right now on your screen. Yeah, and as we wrap up service today, we'll be showing a Team Exchange Enneagram 5 panel discussion. We want to make sure that you stick around and watch that. It's been such a great day today, and it's going to get even better tonight. So all of you 5s, 7s, and 8s, make sure you join us on Zoom tonight. That's right. It's going to be great. Hey, one more time. Happy Father's Day. Make sure that you submit your fathers, the fathers in your world online with hashtag Awaken Greater. We will see you next week, hopefully live and in person here, right here in Round Rock, Texas. God bless you. Have a great week.